Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 161. And today's blog it was inspired by an interview uh, that I was the interviewee for. Um, yeah, I, I, I was interviewed for a book about Generation X, um, which frequent listeners to the blogcast will know I, I have some thoughts about. Um, this was a, it's a book about women, um, Generation X women. Uh, so she inter- is interviewing a bunch of Gen Xers. Um, and I, this is like the first like interview interview kind of thing I've ever done. I feel like I've been interviewed about like a play before, like a show that I was putting on or about about something, about a thing. Um, and this was an interview about me, which was odd. It's an odd experience. Interesting. A very interesting experience, but also odd. So first times for everything. Um, yeah, so, so, so that, that conversation uh, and a question that the interviewer asked uh, are the inspiration for this blog, which is called, Oh God, That I Were a Man. The interviewer had asked me about my early career as a classical actor. I was explaining the math I did after a few years of acting, wherein I realized how terrible the odds were for me in classical theater. I'd realized I had little interest in performing in contemporary work and that the jobs in Shakespeare for women were so few that I had really very little chance of continuing to work. Then the interviewer asked me, do you think it would have been different if you were a man? I did not hesitate for even a second as I said some variation on absolutely, definitely, no doubt. And it's interesting how this question caught me by surprise. I have written streams of words on sexism in theater and sexism in Shakespeare. I could lay out structural and institutional bias and break down a host of examples. But somehow, I had never before considered what my life would have been like were I a man. Like, if I were me, and I had all the same ambitions, desires, interests, personality, all of it, and I just was a man instead. And there is no question that things would have been very different for me if I'd come in with a different gender. It's like the story Dustin Hoffman tells about his first encounters with being dressed as a woman to work on Tootsie. After the first test with the makeup and hair designers, he asks them to make him beautiful, and they tell him that what was there was as good as it was going to get. He describes becoming very sad at realizing that he would never have talked to the woman version of himself if he'd met her at a party. It wasn't just that he, as a woman, would never have had his opportunities. It's that she would have been entirely overlooked. It's a very moving speech. Unfortunately, the speech is now undercut for me by another story about a 17-year-old he sexually harassed, but that's another subject. I 
feel a little like I had the reverse experience as Hoffman when the interviewer asked me that question. I don't think I'd have been Dustin Hoffman, but I bet I could have worked for much longer than I did. I knew from the beginning that I had a very limited window for working. It's partly why I was so on fire to do it. The women's parts in Shakespeare tend to be mostly young women, young wives and love interests. There is very little middle space. Maybe Lady Macbeth, Reagan, Goneril, Paulina, Tamora, and Amelia. But often they're played by young women too. You don't really graduate from Juliet into something juicy. You age out and hope to play maybe the queen in Cymbeline. You won't be the lords, the thieves, the politicians. You won't be the kings or the emperors or the princes. Men age into these sorts of roles and they are the bulk of the jobs. Maybe a guy gets too old to play Romeo, but then he's Hamlet age and Macbeth age and then Lear. And if not Lear, there's Gloucester, Worcester, Aegeus, Aegean, Claudius, etc. No such journey awaits women in the classics. You go from ingenue to maybe a queen, if you're lucky. I played a fair amount of men in my time. Not just the pants roles, the Violas, the Roslins, the Imogens, but actual male characters. Poins, Quince, Vernon, Holofernes, Festi. And I was grateful to be able to expand my repertoire beyond being in love. But I knew if I wanted to play Hamlet, for example, I would have to make that sort of thing happen myself. If I'd been a man, it might have been just as difficult to get someone to see me as Hamlet. Plenty of male actors don't get to play Hamlet either. But their gender would not have been one of the obstacles. Classical acting is a tricky business no matter what your gender is. The men I know from my time in it have quit in the same numbers as women. They mostly just quit later. They got a few more years in. The male version of me probably would have moved on to writing and directing just like this lady version of me did, but I suspect he would have had longer to build up his contacts. He'd have been given some pats on the back, gotten some brotherly advice, received some introductions that I never had a shot at. If he'd started my theater company, he'd have had some donors lined up or some mentors in the background. He'd have portions of the road paved for him before he ever set off driving on it. I had to build the dirt road and also the car. Let me just state for the record that I am very happy to be a woman and have no desire to trade my gender. But this thought experiment got under my skin in a way that I have not been able to shake. It is somehow easier for me to look at all the systemic blocks and institutionalized sexism. It's not personal. To feel like those things have been blocking all of us, not me specifically. But they have blocked me specifically, and I find that I envy the man version of myself who would have had a few more years on the boards, who even if he never got to play Hamlet would probably have gotten to kill him as Laertes or be killed by him as Polonius. 
The thing, too, that I find upsetting about my particular experience is that it will never be better for anyone else. If you are a woman who loves classical theater, it will always be thus. The plays will always have more men than women. They will always have screwy, old-fashioned gender roles. There will never be new, full, exciting roles for women in Shakespeare. We've got some great ones, but not a lot. And it will always be thus. Always. That frustration led me to write plays, which is ironic, given how little interest I had in new plays when I started. But, like me, our theaters are obsessed with Shakespeare. They'd rather produce Hamlet than some new play no one ever heard of. When I got to grad school, Macbeth was the first show I directed, and many people told me how happy they were to be doing Shakespeare, instead of all those other plays that no one had ever heard of before. I showed them. The next year, I directed my own play, which for sure no one had ever heard of. We have a major underlying problem in our field. Theater is in love with Shakespeare, and it means there are never enough jobs for women. I also am in love with Shakespeare, so I get it. I understand. Truly. Ask me to recite a speech, it's going to be Shakespeare. Partly it's that I don't remember any other ones, but also, I love it. I'm guilty too. This problem has hit me many times in my positions as a Shakespeare educator as well. I have often been in the fortunate position to introduce young people to their first Shakespeare, and when those girls light up with love and tell me how they found the thing they want to do, I start to worry I've not done quite right by them. But this question, this would it be different if you were a man, it has to change. There has to be a future for theater where it wouldn't make a difference. I don't know what the answer is. It's probably a combination of things. Maybe we call a Shakespeare break for a decade, or increase the numbers of women's Shakespeare companies, or increase the funding and profiles of already existing women's companies, or just exclusively do reverse gender casting for a while. Or maybe we could, as a society, just really chill out about gender and let the fluidity run through the plays so gender wouldn't matter at all anywhere. I want a future where a Shakespeare-loving person could have the same opportunities, the same road, no matter their gender. In the end, Beatrice's line from Much Ado About Nothing, Oh God, that I were a man, continues with, I would eat his heart in the marketplace. And I guess I feel pretty strongly that if you want to eat a man's heart in the marketplace, you should be able to do it, even if you're not a man. Oh, God, that I were a man, I would eat his heart in the marketplace. Mmm, Beatrice. I've never played Beatrice. I'm, I'm, it might not be too late for that one. <laughs> if anyone's casting, I'll, I, I'll go back to it. I, I mean, you know, I am pretty, pretty much st stuck in the writing, directing lane these days, but I, I'll, I'll slip back at any, at any invitation. So if you're doing a production of Much Ado About Nothing, and you want a 45-year-old Beatrice, I'm your girl. Bring it on.
<laughs> that's funny. It's actually not the part that I longed to play. So, but I would do it. I'd love to do it. It would be great. Anyway, what am I talking about? Oh yeah, being a man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I have run through the list of songs about men and manhood to see what I could find because I have done a few of these sorts of things before. Um, my options are narrowing. So actually what happened is I found a song that I'd never heard before that I have really been enjoying a lot. Uh, it is called I'm the man and it is by the killers which is not a band I have spent any time with before, um, but I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know I'm the man. And um, it is ridiculous, but I enjoy its ridiculosity. And so you'll be hearing that in just a moment. Meanwhile, uh, if you would like to support the podcast, which would be awesome, uh, tell someone about it. That's a great way. Uh, retweet share all of those things thank you to I have like one really loyal retweeter and my my hat is off to you you know who you are thank you very much um and uh so sharing is great sharing is caring I don't that's silly um but but it is actually so so thank you um also if you'd like to support the podcast financially that is like extra awesome uh you can do that on paypal at struggling artist or on ko-fi uh, emily r davis or patreon.com slash emily r davis i would be so delighted to have a new patron i am very happy with the ones i have by the way um but it's always good to, to have um, some new ones, especially since the way Patreon works, sometimes people forget that their credit cards expire and then you lose patrons and then you write to the people and they pretend they've never heard of you before. <laughs> That's happened in a couple of cases. I, I was like, I don't think I lost these patrons because they hate me now. It's just that, that uh, it was easier not to update their credit cards, which I understand. It is a it is a pain dealing with like minor details of stuff. Woo. We all we all hate that, right? <laughs> anyway, uh you can also join my mailing list, which I'm just realizing as I'm talking to you that I haven't updated in like two months. Um, so if you join that mailing list, you will get what I intend to be monthly emails, but will probably really be like <laughs> biannual. <laughs> <laughs> but in my, if I, if I, if I, you know, goal it up right, I, it, they will be once a month. <laughs> Not yet though. Uh, so yeah, those are the ways to support your, your just listening though is really uh, wonderful. And thank you so much. Um, it's, it's really uh, just, I don't know. It's very gratifying to know that you're listening. So when you let me know about it, I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. And uh, even if you don't let me know about it, you're listening now, and I and that's that's good. Um, some of those listens are are logged by the various uh, apps. So sometimes I know someone's listening, even if I don't know who it is. So thank you. Yeah. So anyway, here is. The man, 
by the Killers. I know the score like the back of my hand. Them other boys, I don't give a damn. The kiss on the ring, I carry the crown. Nothing could break, nothing could break me down. Don't need no advice, I got a plan. I know the direction, lay of the land. I know the score like the back of my hand. Them other boys, I don't give a damn, I'm the man. Nothing could break, no, nothing could break me down. I'm the man, come round. No, no, nothing could break. You can't break me down. Got gas in the tank, got money in the bank. I got news for you, baby, you're looking at the man. Got skin in the game, got a household name. Got news for you, baby, and looking at the man. When it comes to Friday, I always earn. Don't try to teach me, I got nothing to learn. Cause, baby, I'm gifted. You see what I mean? USDA, CERTA. Fight, lean, I'm the man, come round. No, nothing can break, you can't break me down. I got gas in the tank, got money in the bank. Got news for you, baby, looking at the man. Got skin in the game, I don't feel no pain. Got news for you, baby. the man who's the man I'm the man 